0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us here today for another episode of the Amazic podcast. Um, we talk about all things Kubernetes, cloud-native, DevOps, and we try to get in there. We try to uh, take these conversations deep with whatever topic we're talking about. I'm Twain Taylor, editor at Amazic. And uh, if you like what you hear, yeah, I want to encourage you to visit our website, amazic.com, A-M-A-Z-I-C.com. You can also look for us on YouTube uh, to find this podcast and subscribe or Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, So definitely subscribe and stay up to to date on what's happening here with the amazing podcast. Today's topic is uh, VPC networking. And so we are going to be talking about private cloud networks. And I have with me Alex Saroyan, who is the CEO and co-founder of Metris. And Metris is uh, one of the uh, innovative uh, companies in in, uh, in the space of private cloud networking. So it's, it's great to have you with us, Alex. How are you doing?
1: Hi Twain, uh, thank you so much uh, for having me. Uh, doing well? How about you? It's great to be on this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm all right, too. And uh, you know, I was wondering if uh, you could tell us a bit about yourself to get us started. Uh, you know, who are you? What have you done before founding uh, Netris?
1: So I I was in tech since like kindergarten, and then. I became <laughs> net network engineer and kind of a little bit of a mix of a network engineer and a little bit of a development. And, you know, I've been designing, managing large-scale data center networks for about 20 years, right I, right after I uh, entered college. And that's how I got my start. And then over time, I got this idea of Netris and we uh, myself with a couple of my, you know, good friends and uh, former colleagues that we worked together, we we've we've started Netris. It goes well so far. Alright,
0: alright. So you've always been into networking, laser yeah. focused. Alright,
2: yeah, all
1: right. I yeah. love networking, building networks, designing large scale, you know, multi-country carrier networks, data center networks for all kinds of companies.
0: How old is Netris, and would you say there was one particular point where? There was the spark, but the seed idea to start Netris. Could you tell us about the origins?
1: So, uh, being uh, on network engineering side and like engineering, designing infrastructures using traditional network engineering technologies, like from Cisco, from Juniper, using CLIs, you know, using some automation aspects, using Python to write scripts. Uh, you know, Ansible sold all these automation tools. I was kind of seeing the trend that um, kind of public cloud was picking up and public cloud had totally different model compared to traditional data center where in traditional data center, you would have a group that is responsible for applications and, a, and a, maybe even a huge group that's responsible for like designing, managing, operating, the infrastructure aspect of it, uh, versus in public cloud, the ratio is very different. Public cloud kind of gives you the self-service model where, where you where every you know, developers, DevOps engineers, they kind of consume the infrastructure in a self-service model. So like, instead of going to network engineering team and requesting them to create, a new VLAN or, or, or new isolation or, or, or get a bunch of new IP addresses and waiting a couple weeks to get that developed instead of doing to get that configured, instead of doing that request and waiting in public cloud, they just go to web console or, or they use infrastructure as a code or APIs and they self-service. So they get things done immediately. Now, immediately, versus waiting a couple weeks because it's done by humans, that is not fitting global uh, scheme of the, the grand scheme of things because the amount of infrastructure is growing incredibly fast and we're not really producing that much, that many network engineers. So there's a gap between size of infrastructure and amount of uh network infrastructure specialists that we produce. So that gap needs needs to be addressed. That's what that was the idea for NetRIS. And uh we saw that cloud is kind of the ultimate like like the new way of operating the infrastructure and we were we were like why don't we build a software that will help every company out there to take this highly efficient cloud operational model and replicate in their own data centers, in in their co-location, with their bare metal, at the edge, in their office, literally everywhere to give every company in the world the opportunity to take benefit of operating infrastructure, any size infrastructure, small to large infrastructure with the same operational benefits As hyperscalers do, that was the idea. We've been working on that, and we're excited for seeing, you know, our vision uh, being executed and benefited from by many amazing companies.
2: Wow, that is a great, uh, yeah, backstory to kind
0: of get us get our conversation started. How old is Netlist, by the way?
1: Uh, We're we're four and a half years,
0: only only just before the pandemic.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, if you could
0: define the term the the key term that we're talking about today BPC what is a BPC and which kind of companies need it and use it most
1: So uh, the term itself uh, came from AWS and in in but but many other uh, products and cloud providers kind of pick the term and term is uh, somewhat becoming standard. So although the acronym stands for virtual private cloud, uh, it is pretty much related to networking because networking is foundation of any infrastructure and the isolation is, is on the networking level. The, the networking functions your, your subnets, your IP addresses, your subnets, your gateways, your load balancers, your DHCP. These are all networking functions that are typically part of uh, VPC functionality. So this is how we define the VPC and the term doesn't exist beyond public cloud as much. So oftentimes we describe NetRIS as saying, hey, Netris is just like VPC networking software that is running under the hood of public cloud, but for everyone else.
2: All right, all right. Yeah, that's a great
0: uh, definition. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like, you know, you're talking about how public cloud has made it so easy to set up networking in the cloud. It seems like data center and traditional networking has really fallen behind, and there's this gap between the two. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, quite uh, bold that, you know, uh, and, and smart that you kind of made this move to close that gap. Uh, but, you know, there's also been conversation about uh, software-defined networking, you know, for a long, long time, like more than a decade, I guess. Uh, so uh, organizations have moved from hardware to software-based networking. Uh, how is that different from what we... Uh, what you describe as networking today modern networking uh, what has happened after software defined networking or what what was the drawbacks of software defined networking
1: yeah, that's a good question and uh, when i was uh, engineer even even before founding netris uh, software defined networking was a was a kind of a thing back then and I, I I had the opportunity to to experience and learn and software defined networking. Uh, so that technology was de- designed with the network engineers being the target user, being the user persona. So it is specifically designed for network engineers with a lot of programmability capabilities. Now this. Is falling short twofold. So, one thing is that it is not addressing the concerns of DevOps engineers, of server guys, of application guys, because they don't understand it. This is, you know, this is hardcore network engineering. Network engineers understand it, but for network engineers, SDN was a would require additional learning. There was a learning curve. And also SDN would bring a lot of programmability component. And it's not like network network engineers, well, most network engineers are not necessarily skilled in programming. So they would need to learn a little bit of a new concepts in networking SDN and a little bit of programming. So this was learning curve and not really, Uh, You know, not really facilitating how application guys and network guys work together. So uh, that's it. We've also have seen intent-based networking, like the next generation after software-defined networking. Uh, And I think, again, the same same problem with the intent-based networking. Of course, it is like one step. Uh, forward. it's one step is e- easier, but again, most intent-based networking platforms are designed having network like hardcore low-level network engineers uh, as their target audience. So their, their user interface is not designed for DevOps engineer or Kubernetes uh, administrator to walk in and, and self-service. Versus VPC as a construct, is specifically designed to address both concerns. So um, DevOps engineers, Kubernetes administrators, application guys, Linux guys, they all can go do things with the VPC without without knocking the door of network engineers every time. And at the same time, network engineers, which in, in the case of AWS, they exist kind of behind the scenes working for AWS, right? Someone is taking care of that networking hardware and connections. But these people, they are operating one of the largest networks in the world. So VPC also provide, gives them the flexibility and scalability and right tools to perform on that scale. Now, imagine taking VPC to a regular organization. It is literally turning network engineers to heroes. It is turning DevOps and infrastructure engineers into heroes, and turning them into actual, you know, superpower team kind of.
0: Interesting. I think it's quite empowering because uh, you know today with like a lot of uh, companies thinking about cost cutting, cloud repatriation is one of the terms that is becoming popular. And people want more control over uh, their costs, and even probably control over performance, cost to performance ratio, and uh, they're taking back their infrastructure. And I think PPC gives them that uh, ability to do that. Would, wouldn't you say that?
1: Yeah, uh, we we see we see many cloud repatriation and hybrid cloud. Uh, Use cases uh, with with our customers, and which makes a lot of sense to me. Cloud is great for many organizations for many use cases, but there are a lot of cases when cloud is uh, not economically viable, uh, especially for SaaS companies where. Uh, they have revenue, they have cost, and their cost is like heavily based on their infrastructure cost. And having, uh, having high cost in a public cloud, it is, it's messing up their, uh, their margins. So when companies are young, margins are probably not important because they are finding their product market fit. They are finding their target audience. That's totally fine. But when they grow further, Margins are becoming important and, and a great way to improve margins is to go hybrid. So basically take out uh, data heavy applications, traffic heavy applications. So, you know, egress makes uh, the big part of uh, public cloud costs. So like taking that parts into, you know, bare metal cloud provider, take that parts into colocation provider, data center somewhere else with a way lower cost structure now way lower cost structure is typically 90 percent lower cost Uh and and if if like your cost is like 50 percent of your revenue in the public cloud and when you reduce that 50 percent by 90 percent you're going like very very low like that's that's a significant impact on your business health your your unit economics now, remember, cloud is easy and data center is hard in terms of networking. And teams that are cloud native, they are not accustomed to uh, running data centers. So big big part of uh, Netris's value and mission is to help these teams to treat their data center and their public cloud in very much similar way. So we turn their data center, their bare metal, their edge into kind of cloud-like self-serviceable network. Now you have VPC in your public cloud and you have VPC in your private cloud. Both look and feel the same. You don't need to have two different pipelines. You don't need to have like two different teams for two different infrastructures. The same team works with both infrastructures. And now your decision of which application works in what environment, public cloud versus private cloud, becomes a business decision. So organizations need to be able to like decide where they run their applications as a business decision, not a, not a six month long IT project.
0: Interesting. So, there are definitely those companies which already operate VPCs and they're quite familiar and they're looking for ways to optimize it and do it better. But there are probably quite a few uh, listening here that I'm sure uh, are thinking about VPC and they're very invested in the public cloud and they're probably wondering, you know, uh, is VPC for me? Uh, you know, and so if you can what What would you say to that group, the second group of people who are kind of on the fence about VPC uh, what, what would you say are some of the use cases for VPC, which uh, you know uh, maybe a lot of people don't think of, but is actually a really good use case? Could you give us some of those examples?
1: so uh, when when someone is using public cloud, they they are already using vpc right there were there were some like older versions of public cloud would would work would, would work without vpc was a little bit different model but like today when you're in public cloud your everything networking that you consume that's part of vpc so teams that are already using that model they want to replicate the same model somewhere else right because if one day and, and it's 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 actually business continuity kind of thing. It's strategically important for the company. If it's a cloud-born company, one day they will go hybrid. If it's a data center-born company and it is still using like traditional uh, traditional networking concepts and didn't embrace VPC yet. Again we're living in a in a kind of a time when going hybrid is just a matter of time and even this data center born companies with without vpc they will go hybrid they will have public cloud deployment too and no matter where you start in data center or in cloud native world whenever you go hybrid you're gonna end up with a situation where you have cloud native you know, self-operated, self-service VPC type of networking and traditional networking with like a bunch of F5s, with like a bunch of Cisco routers and like a team who's managing this manually, and and with the, all the consequences of being very slow to adopt and ve- very slow to scale. Now, no matter where you start in data center or in public cloud, it is good to even if you started in data center, it is good to like slowly go to the VPC model because at least that will help you to adopt very high performance in terms of your engineering. Your engineers will be able to manage larger amounts of infrastructure. Your engineering team will, will collaborate internally better because you're Developers, your DevOps engineers, your Kubernetes administrators will easily work with your network engineering team. So you're you're already winning with this. Uh, b- b- besides, VPC brings a lot of. B- VPC is all about uh, abstraction, right? It is abstraction model, which means there's it's not attached to particular hardware. So as a as a byproduct of adopting VPC, you're becoming hardware vendor independent. And especially after a pandemic with a the, with the supply chain shortages, most companies notice that that's, that's a critical business continuity requirement to be, to be hardware independent. One vendor is out of stock, you, you cannot wait. You're hardware independent, you work with all kinds of vendors. And if we look under the hood of public cloud, Amazon, Google, they are exactly like that. They, they, they do not depend on particular hardware vendor because they have VPC, they have lots of abstraction for entire infrastructure.
0: Interesting. Uh, when you say there's uh, much better performance with uh, VPC, could you quantify it or give us an example of maybe, uh, you know, one of your customers or some uh, yeah, some organization that you've seen uh, go from public cloud to VPC and what was the performance difference? Any example of that, right? Or from data center to VPC?
1: Uh, so uh, performance-wise, uh, it's it's usually uh it's usually cost and performance because it's there's no there's no like limitations of on performance in the cloud or in the data center in in both situations you you can get whatever performance you requires but it's a matter of cost right if in in aws you need more cores of course they are available it's just you pay more, you got it. You need more traffic,
2: yeah, you got sense. it.
1: Uh, in your own data center, uh, because hardware uh, very much uh, progressed during last five to 10 years, and uh, storage progress. so, so basically density of, of storage chips, of storage drives progressed, uh, performance of CPUs, progressed and like 10 years ago data center was more expensive than than today because of hardware performance with today's hardware you you think like you're 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 using a lot of cores in public cloud and you're like oh we have this large infrastructure like you you're paying a lot of money then you move to data center and you're like one rack or you you're like half wreck and you're like what it's just a handful of servers can perform like that. Yeah, because modern hardware is very performant. But as a business, you always need to think from financial perspective, which on average, I'm 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 sharing the numbers, like average numbers across multiple customers. So they compare total cost of ownership, so like CapEx and OPEX for a few for like three years. And that's usually 80% cheaper in data center compared to AWS, if it's done right. Uh, now, another, another uh, part of the performance is actually related to networking. So in traditional data centers, and especially 10 years ago, net in order to get like, high-performance networking, you would need to have very expensive hardware, like five Firewalls, Cisco Border Routers, Juniper, you know, routers and firewalls. Now, with today's uh, servers, with today's CPUs that have a lot of uh, offloading capabilities, uh, with, with today's smart NICs that have some networking functions embedded in, in the hardware. Uh, if it's done right, you can replace uh, high-cost you know firewalls, f5 firewalls, Cisco routers with just a Linux machine. We're, we're talking like one million dollars of hardware being replaced by $15,000 server. Two servers. Okay, $13,000. With modern, you know, open source software that is, you know, leveraging DPDK, XDP, these modern libraries that are, you know, communicating with the CPUs, using CPUs hardware capabilities, using smart hardware capabilities, doing all these things right and being like purpose designed for data center use case, not generic thing, but like purpose designed for, specific let's say purpose designed for vpc functions you you save a lot of money just just on the equipment that's by the way how, how netris does and that's that's how most our customers are they they run their network functions using just regular servers that's it no need for f v5 uh, no need for uh, expensive cisco routers if they want to they can that's possible but oftentimes for many customers it it just doesn't make sense and if we look under the hood of public cloud aws and google cloud like their designs are somewhat uh, you know publicly available through presentations of their architects and their vpcs are running on servers we with Linux, leveraging DPDK or XDP and SmartNix. We're doing the same, but for everyone else. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, with that, I think it's a good time to transition to talking about Net- NetRis. Uh, so can you tell us uh, what does NetRis do and what's unique about NetRis?
2: <clears throat> yeah, so uh,
1: NetRis is... Uh, NetRis uh, as company, uh, we have software offering that also called NetRis. Uh, So NetRis software uh, is designed to help everyone build and operate private and hybrid cloud networks. We don't touch compute. We don't touch uh, storage. But we partner and collaborate with compute and storage companies were allies with these folks <clears throat> because, you know, networking is foundation. You in, in any environment, you first install network and then you can you can install your compute and storage software. Um, so you can think about NetRis software as of like whatever the similar to software that is running under the hood of AWS, enabling AWS. Uh, network engineers on the back end to operate AWS and enabling AWS customers, Kubernetes operators, you know, virtualization operators, DevOps engineers, enabling these people to consume the infrastructure. When, whenever a, a customer needs to and wants to replicate a similar model in their either data center or in a co-location or with a bare metal, uh, bare metal cloud provider, they use Netris to bring that cloud-like user experience. Uh, we, we also have uh, professional services where, where we are there for our customers to help them design and implement, maybe choose hardware. We can also help them integrate with their existing system. Maybe they are rolling out a Kubernetes cluster, maybe they need advice, maybe they want us to help roll out that Kubernetes cluster or virtualization cluster or storage cluster. So our professional services is also there to help them, as well as with involving some of our partners too.
2: Okay,
1: okay. That's what NetRIS as a company is all about. Uh, we're a team of passionate infrastructure. Uh, experts most most people on leadership uh, and architecture are coming with extensive infrastructure background basically people who build networks for a long time people who uh, who operated kubernetes this cloud native integrations are a big part of our 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 development and people who develop they've been you know they are like Uh, deep experts of kubernetes or or like experts of cloud operations
0: yeah Uh, the one follow-up question that i want to ask is which are these partner organizations that uh, help with storage and compute and all of these other pieces
2: of vpc
1: um that's a great question so we we currently partner with a with few hardware companies Hard, hardware is always a big part of private cloud so we partner with nvidia with dell Hcore. Uh, nvidia they they have networking hardware uh, they are focused on ai yes but their networking hardware is just amazing uh, Hcore is another network hardware provider so like <clears throat> uh, standardized uh off-the-shelf kind of net- networking gear dell they have both networking gear and servers we also partner with bare metal cloud providers such as Equinix metal phoenix snap so we with this we, with all our partners we have native integration so our software natively works with their offering that's important for our target audience because Our mission is to bring this cloud experience, right? And that uh, proper integration and thousands of tests being done between our engineers and partners' engineers is critically important. Uh, We're also in the process of uh, partnering with the platform providers, companies that provide. Wernetis platforms that provide virtualization platforms that provide kind of alternative container operating platforms i cannot disclose the names right now cuz those are ongoing but this this is coming so so eventually uh, the entire cloud experience is going to be available like full stack like from from your compute your storage your networking everything will be available on any infrastructure out there in data center or in a you know in a in a few servers in your closet or or maybe a couple racks in a in a cruise ship or or in some in some factory anywhere everything will be will look and feel just like the cloud and that will be possible through collaboration of multiple companies that's a too big of a task for for a single company to accomplish
0: uh, sounds ambitious. Uh, we'd love to have you back to talk about that when it launches. Uh, but talking about uh, the look and feel of cloud, I was wanting you to show our viewers what uh, the NetRisk product looks and feels like. And even before that, you have a couple of slides to explain Netris before you give us a walkthrough.
1: Sure. So, so NetRisk is like the VPC, right? NetRis is responsible for networking. So networking between compute and storage platforms and physical networking. So your Kubernetes cluster, your VMware cluster, your virtualization, whatever it is, is sort of consuming uh, networking from NetRis. And NetRis kind of takes care of Hardware networking, hardware configuration, like your switch configuration, if it's running in a bare metal cloud environment, NetRis takes care of configuring bare metal cloud, provisioning behind the scenes. That's that's the idea. Now, uh, there is uh, this NetRis controller thing that has web console, uh, which is where users interact with NetRis that web console also that controller also has api and uh, terraform provider it's highly declarative you don't need to be like you know network expert to to consume it you just go there it's it's kind of simple netris give me load balancer netris give me this i will show soon so that's one aspect we have this component called Softgate, which is a software that is running on a regular Linux machine that is leveraging uh, DPDK and XTP functionalities as well as using a lot of open source tools like free range routing, like Wireguard. And our job is to like connect and glue this this open source components together behind the scenes dynamically for the customers. So customers, Users, they only think in terms of controller. Netris, give me load balancer. Netris, let's drop this traffic. Let's enable that traffic. And Netris' algorithm will figure it out how to configure things behind the scenes for the user. Softgates are just Linux machines. This is the VPC gateway thing. And it replaces Cisco SRs, Juniper MXs, and F5s. Now, it's a Linux machine you can scale it down to little deployment on you know, in your home office, or you can scale it up to like you know, monster machine with lots of CPU and RAM, like forwarding 100 gigs of traffic per every node. We have, we have users that are you know, forwarding over one terabits per second uh, of traffic for hundred millions of online users using multiple instances of Southgate and because it's software it's linux right you can load it on any platform you can load it in a bare metal as a service provider like equinix or phoenix snap or in an ec2 instance in aws and make aws your another Netris region or if you're doing in a data center it's a large large uh, infrastructure in a data center we have this Switch Fabric Manager component that has the ability to operate switches, network switches, do the network switch configuration and the entire lifecycle management to like operate network switch fabric for you. And again, entire communication happens through controller. Uh, so that was the introduction. And to show you this is uh, Netris controller dashboard. Uh, if you're in a data center situation, and if, you're a, then if you are the network engineer person, you can see the switches, you can see your connections with your upstream providers, and you take care of network engineer personas concerns using Netris. But <clears throat> if you're DevOps engineer, if you're a platforms engineer, if you're Kubernetes administrators, you you're not you you're you're not using this part of the product. You're going to another part that is designed for your kind of situation. So you you go into services, and here we have virtual networks. VNet is virtual network, and in this this current virtual network is for my Kubernetes cluster. So I have three physical machines, as you can see here, and uh, each physical machine shows two MAC addresses because there's two virtual machines running Kubernetes. I've got six node Kubernetes cluster here. And you can see that just like in public cloud, my Kubernetes nodes, they have public private IP address, 192, 168, whatever. So how do I, as a DevOps engineer, access this kubernetes cluster from outside in traditional world i would go to network engineer would would create a ticket for them would wait them to configure NAT or something that would take forever we cannot wait we want things to happen immediately in modern world because this is cloud experience you as a devops engineer you go to services load balancer think about elastic load balancer uh, in public cloud. And you create a load balancer instance. Uh, You request this load balancer to be able to access your Kubernetes cluster. Now, here you can see, I'm, I'm typing kubectl get svc. I can see that my Kubernetes cluster is accessible from my machine, from my home office, using the public IP address that load balancer provided me. And let's say next step, I'm going to deploy an application. Uh, See, I have a, a little application for Kubernetes that is using service of type of load balancer in order to expose application to the public internet. And in traditional data center, Cisco switches and Cisco routers, they don't know how to expose your Kubernetes to the rest of the world. You would need to come up with something. But with Netris, it's a different situation. Netris understands your Kubernetes. And uh, when I, uh, I'm i typing kubectl, apply uh, podinfo.yml, and when I type kubectl get as we see again, we will see it says external IP pending. And in the NetRis web console, we can see that a new instance of load balancer has been uh, automatically provisioned. It's being provisioned. So NetRis has automatically identified the backend private IP addresses. The right private IP addresses has automatically configured health checks. And it's the health check is currently waiting on containers to start responding. Netris has also provided a a public IP address, and we can see that back in our Kubernetes cluster, we can see that public IP address there. And if we try to access that, we can see that newly deployed application actually works. So I just deployed application in actual physical data center here in Santa Clara, self-servicing my network without asking network engineers for help they are happy because they are heroes they provided me with a network where i can self-service i'm happy as a devs engineer i'm doing my job better and business is happy because in this world you know fast fish is eating slow fish right Mm. every business wants to be fast yeah
0: absolutely Oh, that was a cool demo uh, definitely uh, something that, uh, you know, uh, people looking, watching this probably should try uh, for themselves. Uh, and, you know, it, it looks quite easy, but what are some other ways that Netris enables uh, ease of use and even automation of the different uh, networking operations that uh, people have to do on a day-to-day basis for maintenance or uh, during uh, troubleshooting? Uh, what are some ways Netris makes life easy?
1: That's a <clears throat> that's a great question, and uh I like to think about automation uh, two two folds. Um, when when people traditional say automation in data center, they they would mean to like write a scripts, write a you know use Ansible and maybe write some Python scripts where scripts would go and like try to configure network equipment so like that is very challenging because the engineers that are writing the scripts they need to invest their entire time solving problems that are not unique for their business like how do i configure ip address in this particular net uh, network switch cli that's not adding value to your business and that's not unique to your business Now. Netris takes care of all that generic automation. So you as a company, as an engineer, you don't think in terms of how you automate things that are generic for every business, how to configure you know default gateway redundancy or how you prevent loops or how you configure your switches. These things just happen automatically. you don't even have. Like input on that, Netris will do whatever Netris algorithm thinks is right for you. But there is part of automation that is very unique to your company, right? So, for example, maybe maybe when you uh, when you when there are a lot of signups uh, for your application, maybe you need to uh, expand your Kubernetes cluster. Maybe you need to, you know. Uh, do something. Maybe you need to move loads from here to there. Maybe you're you're launching more machines that, and network needs to follow all these things, right? You, it's it's not just you automate your computer Kubernetes. No, the physical network needs to be aware of this too. And in public cloud, that's easy because it's declarative. You 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 may use their API or. Uh, Terraform or whatever is your favorite infrastructure as a code technology. Uh, that is not available in traditional networking, but it is available with Netris because Netris is built around that concept. Generic things, Netris automates uh, the way Netris engineers feel is the great way of doing this. And we do rigorous testing with like ten thousands of tests on every aspect of built-in automation. Your business, your automation that is unique to your business, we give you right tools, right APIs. Um, so you can easily automate. So invest your time of your brilliant engineers doing things that are unique for your business. This is how engineers will be the most appreciated and it will be most beneficial for their business.
0: Awesome! Sounds really exciting. Uh, you know, we're almost out of time, but uh, I wanted to just ask you lastly about uh, you know as we look ahead to uh, the future of networking, and you kind of I think gave us a hint of what's coming as well uh, when you spoke about end-to-end, uh, you know, uh, run, uh, you know, your, your VPC anywhere. Uh, but anyway, I'm teasing you a bit on this, but. Uh, as you look ahead, you know uh, in the space of networking and VPCs, what excites you the most? What are the possibilities you see? What are the opportunities that you're most excited about?
2: So uh,
1: yeah, public cloud kind of showed the way uh, where where all the development uh, in uh, in infrastructure space is going. Uh, and, I think that future of infrastructure will be in a way that uh, applications will be true champions. So everything will be around application. There's not, from, from engineer perspective, there's no gonna be, how do I make this application to work in this or that environment? Environments will be, Uh, smart enough will be interconnected in, in, uh, you know, inter-integrated between each other and like, you know, running your workload in Amazon, running your workload in Google Cloud or running your workload uh, in the closet, running your workload in physical data center on 1,000 machines or one machine will kind of look and feel the same from uh, from practitioners' perspective, and DevOps engineers, practitioners will will be like be able to like fully focus on things that are unique for their business application part. Uh, this is interesting and exciting for infrastructure folks because some people need to build all that infrastructure. Our job is to provide the tools, but there will be all kinds of new vertical cloud providers, new new infrastructure uh, providers. Uh, and our technology and all kinds of in, uh, integrations that we're working with our partners will be enabling this kind of vertical cloud and uh, kind of cloud experience anywhere. Uh, situations for any kinds of hardware in the world, because this world needs a lot of infrastructure. We will only be adding more and more infrastructures. And that's amazing, because we need a lot of applications.
2: Yeah, wow, that definitely sounds exciting.
0: Uh, Before you go, Alex, we have a couple of questions to get to know you a little more. So um, I want to ask you first, uh, what would your alternate career path be?
2: If not for your job in tech, uh,
1: if uh, so, like without mentors, if I didn't,
0: I mean, yeah, if you were not a tech guy, a totally completely different career.
1: Oh, uh, good question. If I wasn't into tech, um, I don't know, maybe maybe music. I, I love music, and do and you, I like
2: love... music.
1: And I love flying, I don't know. Maybe I would open a flying nightclub, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Combine the two, that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's height. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, well, the next question for you. So, yeah, So you see CEO, you were, what have you? I'm sure being CEO itself, there's a lot of learning about just how to lead a company and all of that. Uh, but you know, what's something that you found out after becoming a CEO that you didn't know before about the role? I mean, like
1: what it one, involves thing? And stuff. One, one, one thing or well, anything
0: in like a minute, <laughs> any number of things in a minute. <laughs>
1: uh, I think uh, there's a lo- lot of lot of learnings in, in it. Uh, I think the feel like, like the top things, uh, like your, your team is, uh, everything just, just being, you know, hiring people that are passionate about doing, uh, hiring people that are passionate about your mission is kind of key and just, just trusting them, trusting their God and like guiding them, that's that's kind of key important thing. And also listening to customers is incredibly important because oftentimes we think that, oftentimes you may think that you, you're you doing the right thing, but like uh, questioning your thought is, is very important. Don't just trust your gut. Trust your gut, yes, but also kind of apply like scientific approach go to go to talk to customers see if this makes sense to them if that makes sense to them ask them if they will pay for that like that's a some because some people may say you're doing amazing thing and when you say will you pay for that and if they are like oh no probably not then maybe that that wasn't a true feedback but when someone is ready to pay that's like very strong signal that you're you're into something. Now figure it out if it will scale. Uh, kind of top things, but there's a lot of learning. Like being open-minded and like you know uh being able to like admit your your mistakes and try to uh try to do better that's also critically critically important that I've heard that I've learned sort of being in this role.
0: Wow, that's a lot of very good advice and good points you made that. Yeah, I can definitely tell that you you have a lot of learnings that you keep track of and you make make a record of. Uh, Yeah. yeah, What's one software tool or product that you think is uh, very elegantly built? Oh
2: there's Uh, elegantly built
1: so I mean Linux kernel is critically important but there's like if you're looking into the code some things are extremely elegant and some things are not as much so but that's amazing piece of technology Kubernetes of course there's a lot of concepts a lot of new concepts that uh, I guess world learned through Kubernetes, Uh, I'm not saying that Kubernetes replacing everything, no, other technologies have their own place too, right, Kubernetes is obviously big, and to me, Kubernetes is just like Linux kernel, it will be around forever, but you mentioned elegant and learning, so, like, there's really a lot of nuances in terms of how, how do you think about infrastructure architecture uh, that we that it was inspiring to learn and see uh, from kubernetes's life cycle uh,
2: complete the sentence i can spend hours doing
1: i can spend what
2: i can spend hours doing oh uh, reading
1: yeah I can spend hours reading books I like reading
0: yeah, I see some books behind you there do you, have, do you have a favorite that
2: comes to the top of your mind
1: oh I, I love all of them all okay. these books are amazing uh, and you know being a person coming from technical background and uh, starting with entrepreneurship, like uh, learning from books, also from my mentors and from my experience, but but a lot from books. That was like big big part of my uh, path.
0: Ah, really neat Last question for you, Alex is: If you could hang out with anyone in the world, living or dead, uh, for a whole day,
2: who would that person be?
1: My family. Uh, okay. yeah, my wife and my daughter. Okay,
0: all okay. right. Well, I asked someone else this question just uh, on the previous episode, I think they also gave me the same answer. So I think I should change my question.
1: <laughs> so this is this is consistent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, I think that yeah, it is uh, it is quite true, and I think uh, I think all of us uh, need more time with family. There's never enough time,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, on that note, uh, yeah, it'll come to the end of our conversation. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. It was a pleasure chatting with you about all things networking and VPC. Uh, I think I'm a fan of what you guys are doing at Netris. Uh, and I can definitely see the passion that comes through in the way you describe uh, what what you're doing. So great job with the product, all the best. And uh, as you have this uh, the new uh, features that are coming in the next few weeks or months, definitely let us know uh, so that you can come back and talk to us about it soon.
1: Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you so much, Twain. It was a pleasure being on this conversation.
0: Right, And thanks to all of our viewers and listeners. We hope you enjoyed this conversation about networking. Do tune in again next week for another one like this. Bye-bye.